This is the EWN Radio Network. This is Turn Knowledge to Profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. Now, here are your hosts for Turn Knowledge to Profit, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors, Janelle and Michael McCauley. Welcome, and thank you for joining us on Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm Janelle McCauley, and along with my co-host, Michael, who's also my husband and business partner, each week we bring you the insights, ideas, and tools that you need to earn more, make a bigger impact, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream of. On last week's show, we had a great conversation with Elizabeth Case about how she used strategic partnerships and with Michelle Mazur about how your speaking can be a product. And in our Business Builders segment, we talked about the importance of staying focused. Michael, can you tell us what we've got planned for today's show? Well, first up in our Trends and Insights segment, Janelle's going to be talking with Susan Moody about how to compete with all of that free information that's available today. Next, in today's success interview, we'll talk with sales and networking coach Kristen Slice, founder of Empowered Labs Communication, about how she's expanded her successful business through nonprofits. And in our Business Builder segment, I'll be back to talk with you about the secret to creating a six-figure business. You're going to want to take notes, so grab a pen and paper, and let's get First up, it's Trends and Insights, your insider's look at industry changes being leveraged by today's most successful coaches, authors, and speakers. Today, we're talking with Susan F. Moody, the owner of You Succeed and the managing director for eWomen Network Phoenix Chapter. Welcome, Susan. Oh, thank you very much. I'm excited for our conversation today, and I want to start it by asking you, what's a current trend that you see impacting coaches, authors, and speakers? Well, you know, there is just so much information, free information on the internet these days, that sometimes clients don't feel like they should have to pay for any of our products or services. They're like, why should I have to pay for something when they're free out there on the internet? So how do coaches, speakers, and authors, how do they address that? Because there is a lot of free information, and everyone thinks they're an expert, um, but it's you, really, I think, you get what you pay for. <laughs> right. Well, just like I said, a lot of times they think they can just do it themselves, whatever they, it is that they're trying to do, that they were seeking the information for on the Internet. So I find that we have to do a lot more education. Uh, when we're talking to our our prospects and have to do uh, a lot more, um, you know, kind of offer more value and more education when we're talking to them. Does that make sense? It does. So how do yeah. you get pe- how do you get people to really understand um, that there are some things that they do need to pay for that you're really going to get a lot more value and they need more help than what they can self-diagnose? Well, I talk to them a lot about the contact over content. 
right? So you can get a lot of content on the uh, internet, but how do you put that into your own life? How do you take what's out there and actually utilize it to achieve your goals or better yourself or whatever it is you're trying to do? Sometimes you need someone to, to help you and walk you through that. And you see a lot of times people sign up for something, even if it's a free course on the internet, but they, do they do anything with it? So it's more about having the connections and contact and the relationship that actually moves you forward. Mm-hmm. And I know recently at a networking event, um, someone was talking about um, attending the University of YouTube, and <laughs> that's where they're learning so much information. I mean, mm-hmm. there is some great content out there, but it's information. But the, the, the missing piece is how do you apply it? How do you personalize it? That's where I think a coach is so valuable. Exactly. Exactly. If you, if, just like saying, even if you're trying to get healthier, you know, and you say, okay, I'm going to go on this diet or I'm going to go, you know, do this workout plan. Yeah, that's easy to say, you know, and you can see here's how I write out my diet. But if somebody's saying, hey, what did you eat today? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. are, you meet, are you meeting me at the, the gym or something like that? So it sometimes takes somebody to hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, every, people have a lot of good intentions, and there is a lot of good information. Like I said on YouTube, I use that myself on that when I'm trying to learn how to do something that I can do on my own. But I do find a lot of the times, even if I watch um, like a how-to video, mm-hmm. and it doesn't, I can't get it to do what it says, the YouTube video. So I'm, I'm looking for a phone number to call, like customer service sometimes. Mm-hmm. How do I do that? So, so I think coaches are more like the customer service of the YouTube trend. How's that? Mm, interesting. And I think, I think accountability is absolutely key. And there are some things where um, I know our son recently fixed um, an ice maker and a part in a wash machine. There are certain things that, that YouTube or videos are great for, mm-hmm. but if people knew how to correct the issues that they have or know how to get from where they are to where they want to be with the information that's out there, they would already have done that and taken that action and that next step and be where they want to be. The fact that they're not there yet means that there's something missing. And I think a lot of people really do need that one-on-one or group support to help them see the things that they can't see right in front of them. Well, that's true. And you hit on a very good point, Janelle, because people don't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes even when you're doing the online, it's like that all sounds good, but how does that really relate to my particular circumstances? Mm-hmm. Because so, a lot of times it's so generic on there. So mm-hmm. having um, you know, like the coach either, like you said, through an individual group program, it really gets to know your specifics. People want to know that they matter and you're hearing them. And so mm-hmm. that's a great value that a, you know, a coach or a mentor can provide that you cannot get off the Internet. Absolutely. And since a coach has been there and they've seen multiple clients over time, they can very quickly help in asking the right questions, in doing an assessment to, I think, move people very quickly. If you get the right coach for you, it's Mm -hmm. not something that, you know, in most cases, it doesn't take years and years to make a transformation. It can be done fairly quickly um, and getting into action if you've got the right person to help you see what you need to see. And 
And the other thing on that is you're absolutely right. You have to find the right coach for you. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a whole process you can you can go through, but by making sure you're asking the right questions. So mm-hmm. a lot of times, here's another thing that I see is, um, you know, you get like a free consult with a coach. Mm-hmm. And so you need to pay attention. Is the coach just talking about their programs and trying to sell you? Or are they really trying to take a moment and get to know about mm-hmm. you, you know, and what is it that you need in trying to service, you know, you to the best of their ability. So pay attention to that when you're having those free consults. Because a lot of people say, oh, free consult, I'll just do that. I'll get the quick fix, 30-minute mm-hmm. coaching call, and I'm good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it is all, it, you need to have a relationship and you need to have the right coach that's going to inspire you you know, to take the actions you need to accomplish your goals. Absolutely. And I think there's so much information out there, whether it's a video, whether it's a website, that give you just enough information to be dangerous. (laughs) It's enough to think you've got what you need, but to not actually have what you need to solve whatever your challenge is. Mm -hmm. Well, and that also goes to what there's so much information out there that you can kind of keep cycling around and cycling around say, I'll try this, try this, try this, you know, to figure out what's going to work for you with, with a coach say, here's what will work for you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so don't keep throwing that, you know, spaghetti on the walls with it sticks. Let's, let's figure it out and let's take the right action, not just mm-hmm. any action. And I think you hit on the key there. It's the right action because there's a lot of different things that we can do, but I really challenge our listeners to think about what are the things that are going to move the dial so that you can start making more money. So you can start in, you know, increasing your reach and your impact, not just spinning in cycles that, that aren't getting you anywhere. Agreed. Yeah. The internet's so, very good for that. Spinning so <laughs> what do you think is going to actually, um, get people to shift so they start asking better questions and looking at information they're getting and saying, is this really what I need or is there something more that I need? Mm-hmm. I, I, well, I think when you're talking about the internet, internet base, and I think a lot of coaches now, they're realizing that they're trying to personalize the experience more, and that's why you see like the Facebook groups and support groups. So I think initially if if there's some content on there that grabs somebody's attention, you know, and then you can start following just that one person versus a variety of people. And that's when the coach is going to say, okay, they're hearing what I'm saying. And now I can try to personalize that experience for them, even if it's over internet based. And I see a lot of coaches having to shift to that and do the education through, uh, you know, web-based services versus face-to-face services. I'm not mm-hmm. sure that quite answer your question. No, that's that that certainly um, that certainly helps. So, how do you think a coach can communicate the real value of what they offer? Well, the right wording is key on that, and I think now with the uh, videos, where people can actually hear them and see them on the internet. Mm-hmm. And they can use that vehicle, since like I said, everything's YouTube, to use that vehicle to get people to ask the right questions and. You know, you know, like even putting something out there, here's the questions to ask before hiring a coach. Here's what you want to be beware of when you're hiring a coach and doing more education through those type of videos. And like, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me in trying to reach people in that, in that way. 
No, absolutely. And I think it's really important when you're looking for a coach, a mentor, someone to work with is to really, we don't always know what the real issue or challenge is that we're trying to address, but it's important to see and, and take kind of a, an internal check on how does that feel? Does it, does it, does it feel like this person is really going to be able to work with me? Do they understand how I learn? Do they really seem to understand what my challenges are? Are they listening to me? Cause I know there's a lot of coaches out there and there's some phenomenal coaches, but there are also some that just want to get you in a program and it may not be what you need. I think we all have different learning styles and mm-hmm. we've been in programs that don't deliver it in really the way that we work most effectively. So it was okay, but it wasn't what we needed and others that delivered in the way we need it. And it, boy, when you get that, it's powerful. Yes. Yeah. And, and I just want to tell you, I have been a victim of that myself because I spent a, you know, a fair amount of money investing in my own personal and professional development. Mm-hmm. You know, and I haven't always made the right choice for myself. And mm-hmm. so that's why like you're saying you have to get a gut feel on it, who best understood, you know, and then you have to step back instead of getting in that buy now or this deal's gone type of thing and step back and say, well, what program best fits, you know, my needs, your needs, the reason for your hiring coach in the first place, mm-hmm. you know, because the worst thing can happen is, you know, you invest in this and you're, you have high expectations, right? <laughs> and then it's like, oh, this isn't working for me. You know, I, I'm not yeah. getting the help I need. And then I'm, then I'm two steps back instead of three steps forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what that does is that kind of um, jades us to say, making a statement like coaching doesn't work. And I know, I know you know that coaching really does work, but it's important to find the right coach for you to address what you need and make sure there is a really good fit. So making sure you've got that good match up front is really key. So how can our listeners get in touch with you and learn more about what you have to offer? Well, you can go to my website, which is u-succeed.com. That's letter U-S-U-C-C-E-E-D.com. My toll-free number is also 855-U-SUCCEED, 855-878-2233. And you can reach me right there, schedule your free consultation, and I promise it will be about you. <laughs> and, if I'm not, and if I'm not the right coach for you, then maybe I'll have a referral for you. Well, and I love that because it's really about finding the right fit. Thank you so much for your time. And we will put a link to your website with today's episode so people can get in touch with you. But thank you so much, Susan. Okay, perfect. Thank you, Janelle. We need to take a quick break, but stay tuned. When we return, it's our success interview. You don't want to miss it. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. 
If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. Are you ready to step into all of your greatness, to release the confidence that lies within, to stop playing small and settling for mediocrity? If so, then you need to join us at our eWomen Network International Conference and Business Expo in Dallas this year on August 4th through the 7th. There will be hundreds of women entrepreneurs from all over the world waiting to meet you to share knowledge, wisdom, and even partnerships. Our world-renowned speakers will teach, inspire, and motivate you to greater heights. Plus, the food, the fun, and entertainment at the best party in town will rock all of your senses. Look, no one makes it alone. So it's time to stop trying to be the COE, the chief of everything, and step into your role as CEO. The eWomen Network Conference is the perfect place to make that happen. Register at eWomenNetwork.com. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm your host, Janelle McCauley. In today's success interview, we're with Kristen Slice with Empowered Labs Communication. Welcome, Kristen. Hi, how are you? Good. I'm so excited you're here with me in the studio today. I know. It's funny because you were looking for my name. I was like, I'm right here. I'm right here. Look over here. <laughs> You know, some, I know you're a note taker. You're yeah, fine. <laughs> I, I am a note taker. Um, I like to have things right in front of me. So I'd love to have you tell our listeners about your current business, how it started and how it's evolved over time. Oh, yes. So uh, I actually started Empowered Lab Communications in 2013. Uh, at the time, I started it because I had one other business. So my original business was Three Dog Marketing. And then I was also working at the Maricopa Small Business Development Center as a business counselor. So I had a couple of different pieces and I really started Empowered Lab because uh, there was work that I wanted to do that was not falling into either of those categories. So I knew one, Three Dog Marketing was a partnership and there was things that my business partner wasn't interested in. And I had always had a love of communications first. And how does communication and the flow of communication between people create things? That was something to me that I always thought was interesting. Now the marketing piece made sense to me because it's the same process, but externally. Mm -hmm. uh, however, internally is kind of a different challenge. And I have a background, I work in nonprofits. I started my career working in nonprofits and I worked a lot with mission-based organizations. So through my own career development, I had a couple of different contracts and word of mouth that was coming through that were more mission-based, communication, strategic planning, things that didn't fit within these other two buckets. So I started Empowered Lab Communications, just kind of simple out of like, oh, this will be anything that doesn't fall into these two buckets, that's where I'll start. Uh, fast forward, and we ended up selling Three Dog Marketing. I left the SBDC to help roll together the organization that had purchased Three Dog Marketing together with the existing organization. So I did that for about a year and a half. And when we got done with that contract and those two pieces were rolled together, uh, I really had the opportunity in December to say, 
what do I want empowered lab communications to look like moving forward? And my first business was really, uh, my business partner came to me and said, Hey, we should do marketing. And I said, okay, <laughs> that sounds fun. You know, and I had worked in marketing cause I'm a loud person before. And so marketing fit well and I appreciated communication and I'm savvy enough to understand tools. So that business had really grown organically. And so it was really the first time to me that I had really thought about what do I want to do? And I spent a lot of time thinking about what are the projects that have come up before that I've really loved. Uh, and it took me probably longer than I care to mention to really realize the connection between the works, the work that I was doing that I viewed as projects or like side projects and the reality of the fact that I could turn that into a business. So I have always been, uh, I've been on the board of the National Association of Women Business Owners for the last five years. I originally started working in small business out of the nonprofit world because I saw women business owners were the ones who were getting things done when it came to nonprofit work. And I knew I wanted to give back to a community whatever way that looked. And so I, I dedicated myself to women business owners. And then we had started Empowered Phoenix, which is a community collaborative that I thought was gonna be something completely separate, <laughs> uh, you know, back in June. And then the last piece that kind of fell together for me was when I looked back at my career at the Maricopa uh, Small Business Development Center, the last project I had, I was the grant manager for the Wells Fargo Lift Grant. I had a great boss who came in and he said, you know, I think we're going to get this grant. I would like to get this grant. If we got this money, how would you create jobs with it? And to me, it was obvious because it's what I've been doing in my counseling. It is what had made me successful in my career up until then at the SBDC. I'd focus on women business owners. They're underserved. They're, you know, tremendous growth opportunities. And so we built that grant. Uh, with programs specific to women business owners, and we were able to double the grant's original goals in less than a year. And oh. so when I looked back at all those projects, it kind of seems like a duh now, that that would be where Empowered Lab would really start to dig in and really start to build a niche. And so today we're really in the process of uh, focusing on being a national leader around how do we move women business owners forward. And we work specifically with economic development agencies as well as associations and nonprofits on putting together effective programming for female entrepreneurs. How do you attract them? Making sure that they get into your program and then how do you properly serve them by looking at best practices and national research? So it's been a uh, an organic process up to a certain point and then it's been a, a lift on how do I lean into the things that I'm already doing that I'm really good at and embracing that versus what is showing up at the door. And you know I love your story and the thing I really love about it is so many women start a business mm -hmm. and think it's got to go a certain direction mm -hmm. and they get stuck in that mm -hmm. and from your story it's really you started one place mm -hmm. you took on some other things and it really evolved and now you're at a point where you've taken all those things you've learned and done and said okay and, and what mashed I, them together what do yes. I really <laughs> love doing what am I passionate about mm -hmm. and I really want women to understand that that it's okay because I would venture to say that when you started this, you had no clue you'd be where you are today. Yes, and it's okay to figure that out. And I would add to me what what was a training point, and you know I have to say this because I work with women business owners. I think I was very cognizant of it's it's about what you're passionate about and 
how do you really convert that passion into something that aligns with market trends that people really have a need for? And how do you make sure you position it in a way? Because if I really wanted to help women business owners, and I got this a lot, especially in the last six months, start a nonprofit. Start a nonprofit. Well, you just need to start a nonprofit. You know, do another, do your own networking group and start a nonprofit. I don't want to do that. Like, well, not only do I not want to do that, but I looked at where the market was and I said, there's hundreds of people that are doing that. You know, and yes, I could spend that model, you know, digging for membership for the next couple of months. I'm not, that wasn't aligned with what, first of all, I knew my mission was, but it also wasn't aligned with uh, long-term. I wanted to create, you know, systematic long-term impact for women business owners. And I know that it's about the individual, but it's also about these larger changes is what I'm more passionate about. And, you know, setting up individual networking events is incredibly powerful, but it wasn't a fit for me. And unfortunately, we're usually surrounded by people who will tell you to do what you are passionate about based off of their understanding of what makes sense and what the current status quo is. And as entrepreneurs, we have to take a step back and say, that's their understanding. What does the market need? Mm -hmm. What are the demands that are out there? What is the pain that I am solving? And so when I saw the growth in research that was looking at female entrepreneurship being the largest demographic of entrepreneurship growing and the number of programs that could not get female entrepreneurs in the door and the increasing awareness that people had around gender equality and the value of diversity, I knew that there was going to be an opportunity there. And to this day, I'm still figuring out how, you know, what exactly that looks like. It's been six months. I've had several contracts and things come in, but every day it's an evolution of where, what is that exact languaging? You know, it's not, we, we work with organizations, but we don't have our own program. We help them set up internal structures. You know, we do assessments and we do market research, uh, but we mainly focus on communications plans because that's what people have told us consistently. You know, that's great that you're going to help me work effectively with female entrepreneurs, but if they're not coming to the door, we're not mm -hmm. interested, you know? So, you know, we don't have any current demand for that. So it's a constant evolution in that. Well, you mentioned two things that I, that I really want to dig into a little bit deeper. One is, you know, people said start a membership group. Mm -hmm. There are so many groups, and I know they're all over the country, but we're here in Phoenix. So there's so many new networking groups. They're mm -hmm. starting every day. Mm -hmm. 380 you, by my last count. Why do you think people are doing that mm -hmm. when there's so many phenomenal groups out there already? And it takes a lot mm -hmm. knowing with the Women Network and we're almost 17 years old and I know just the last five years what it's gone into it. Mm -hmm. Why do people think that it's going to be easy to do? Because it's not. It's, well, it's it's always so well-intentioned, right? you know, and it's the same reason that we have so many nonprofits. You know, I saw this in the same field, right? Is uh, one, whenever you're working in a, in a place that is very siloed or is really broken apart, the number of women I talk to that legitimately feel like no one else is doing this. You know, even I, I did a, a strategic planning session for a large, uh, networking organization here in Phoenix, a membership association for their women in business program. And they looked at me and go, well, we're the only women in business program in town. And I said, no, not by a long shot. And they go, no, we really are. We're the only one. <laughs> and I, I literally had to Google and pull up 
And it was funny because it was one of the, it was a board that had, you know, mm-hmm. 10 women on it. And this one woman who had been part of this board forever was so insistent because that was her reality. Mm-hmm. She had been part of that group. She had never ventured outside of that. So that was, and she started that group because she felt that way. Mm-hmm. And then it was funny because nobody said anything to question her. And as I walked out, two of the women were like, yeah, I'm on like three other boards of similar organizations. And I'm like, why, where was this information? Right. But it's always well-intentioned, right. you know, and it, and I would say that a large piece of it is women want to do something. They do want to give back. They do want to be part of leadership. And unfortunately, that is the same way that I have been channeled. I think the only way that we tell them that they can is the way that women give back is that they are, they bring people together. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that is how you can give back is by being a leader in that. And I, I think that we so undervalue leveraging the work of other people and leveraging not having to build the wheel all over again, you know? And so I think it's that combination of they're so well-intentioned. Often they are siloed. That is their experience. And we, we don't teach people Google something, you know, it's not rocket science, but really truly Google and go out and talk to enough people to prove that isn't true, you know? And I think that I tell people all the time, talk to your competitors first, Mm -hmm. because if you think it's real easy and you'd be surprised, you give people a call and they'll tell you, you know, like people are, oh, you know, so-and-so would never talk to me there. You know, I get this in marketing firms all the time. Well, I want to start a social media company because it's easy. I'm posting people on, you know, I'm posting on Facebook. Posting on Facebook is not the largest challenge within any marketing firm. And if you got on the phone with anybody who's ever run a marketing firm within a hot second, they would tell you that, you know, but people are so fearful of talking to each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the reality is most people will. And if you're too afraid to call someone in your own backyard, call someone in, a, in another backyard. You'd be amazed how willing people are talking to you if you're in San Diego and they're in Phoenix, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I think it's important to really know what's going on. Mm-hmm. We need to take a real quick break. When we come back, I want to continue this conversation. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. 
If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. This is the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit, and I'm your host, John L. McCauley. In today's success interview, we're talking to Kristen Slice with Empowered Lab Communications. And before the break, we were talking about membership organizations and networking. We were talking about community. And one of the other things that you had mentioned was people said go into nonprofit work. And I want to ask, because so many women feel like they need to create a nonprofit when I would really challenge them that there's nothing wrong with creating a for-profit yes, business. And I'd love yes. your thoughts on that. Uh, I have lots of thoughts. <laughs> Choosing one of them is uh, small on that. So uh, this is a cultural, ch- it's, it's a gender bias question, right? And it really is. We, we teach women and men that if they're doing good work, they shouldn't get paid for it. But it's the Joan of Arc martyr situation. Uh, what we have seen and what I love, you know, I, I give myself the title of a social entrepreneur. You know, there is a growth, and this is actually, uh, funny enough, one of the areas I studied in my master's degree program <laughs> back in the day before this was even called this was uh, corporate social responsibility was what the, t- the term was oh. then. Now we have social entrepreneurship, and, and that whole field has really developed into a B Corp. Uh, I think we will see nothing but a rapid growth in it as millennials uh, can you know, really step into entrepreneurship. You know, I think more and more, and it's funny, the reason I I left my nonprofit work, uh, I'm an innovator and I like to move fast. Mm -hmm. And I was told at the time, and this is before the bubble burst, uh, at nonprofits, we sit back and we wait. We wait for money to come in the door. We wait for people to come to us. We are not aggressive. We don't, you know, innovate. That's what we do. And I just couldn't wrap my head around that. And since the bubble has burst, that mentality, even in the nonprofit world, has changed mm-hmm. in terms of more and more nonprofits are now realizing you need streams of income. If you are relying on people's you know, goodwill, there's a very good chance that will shift. Mm-hmm. You know? And so increasingly in the nonprofit world, we're seeing those lines blur. But you know, this entire development of social entrepreneurship and that you can do well and make money at the same time, I think is incredibly empowering. And it's funny because at the same time I say that, um, to me, women should be all over that. Social entrepreneurship should be just women as far as the eye can see. And the reality is women have not stepped into those numbers as much as I would expect. And what we know is the title entrepreneur is still so counter to our understanding of what being a woman and even a business owner, they literally repel that term to such a significant degree that uh, the title of social entrepreneur is still kind of elusive for women. But I think it is the future. I think it is the way that you give back. And I think that the only way that you can be sustainable is by understanding your bottom line. If it's not, it's a hobby. Mm-hmm. Even if your your tax status says that you're a nonprofit, you're still a hobby unless you're making money somewhere. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting because this is one of those light bulb moments mm-hmm. where as you're talking about this, and I'm thinking about men and nonprofits mm-hmm. and the men that have nonprofits are at the Bill Gates level yeah. where they're, you know, billions. Making, yeah, I mean, but, yeah. But that's... 
and that's a very different level than most of the women that mm-hmm. I know that are starting it. You very rarely hear of men mm-hmm. who are starting a nonprofit and not having revenue from something else. Yeah. So it, it's, I think we do need to shift the way women think about that mm-hmm. because it's okay to make money. The more money you make, the more you can do with it and you can choose what you want to fund, how you want to do it. It doesn't mean you can't give back. Yeah. You can do it in a much bigger way. In actually. a much bigger way. So I actually have a podcast on this topic where I interview um, Jane Spicer, uh, who is the founder of Daphne's Head Covers here in Phoenix. Mm. And you know she had a great quote around this. She goes, you can do an awful lot of good with money. Absolutely. You know, and that's what, and she said, you know, I, the minute I wrapped my head around that, my business grew because it was in, that's where I think women and that block around, well, I don't want to scale. I want to stay small. The, at the end of the day, most women want to give back, Mm -hmm. you know, they want to be a force for their family and for their community. And the more we can break down this myth that those two things are mutually exclusive, that by building a team, by building a business, you can give back more. You can give your time. You can build a team that gives back time. And that is what research has shown. Women give back at such a tremendous rate in comparison to their male counterparts once they reach entrepreneurship. I think that's what's going to motivate us. But unfortunately, when you talk about culture and you talk about entrepreneurship, uh, we're thinking, you know, oh, I need to grow 10x so I can sell and, and swim with the sharks. And that's the way we've defined entrepreneurship in the past. And the more we break that down, the more women come to the, the understanding that it's not bad to make money, that you can give back, and that you can do some real significant impact only in your business by growing it. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to have more and more women being willing to step up and say, I'm ready to scale a business. I love that. And I'd love to spend the rest of our time really talking about from your perspective, how you've grown your businesses. Because basically, Mm -hmm. people can create products Mm -hmm. that they can sell and monetize. You can also create partnerships and collaboration. What have you seen and how have you used that to grow Uh, businesses? Go out and talk to people. Uh, I was very, very fortunate that I had a business partner when I was young and stupid and naive starting a business (laughs) who was patient enough. God bless Nancy Sanders. Every day I think about that, you know, and she was the first one who's like, go out and talk to people and then figure out what your products and services are from there. Uh, And then the more you do it, the more you'll see similarities. And then at some point in time, you have done enough market research that you say, how do I turn this scalable? And you step away and say, what are the scalable elements of what I've got to do? And that's where, and that's hard. And that's where finding resources like yourself and your business that, that give that outside perspective, that is the tipping point. And most businesses never get to that kind of gap. Uh, and most of them are looking for having the perfect product or the perfect service kind of at the beginning. For me, it has always been go out, talk to people, start doing work. And as you're doing work, start developing things. And then once you get to a refinement point, find help and figure out how to take a step back so that you can get to that point because you will always be too busy. Mm-hmm. And that's what, what works well in a business is you go out and you talk to people. And if you build stuff based off of what you hear, and what you think you can do. Uh, and you know, 
I specialize in strawberry sales. You're looking for strawberries? <laughs> yes, I specialize in strawberry sales. Like you just got to, you know, make shit up as you go along sometimes and consistently it will end up coming back to it. It feels awkward. Uh, you're not lying. It, the nine, nine times out of 10, you're probably an expert in that area, but it's willing to have the flexibility to listen and figure out what that, that space is. No, I agree. And I think once you've done coaching, once you've started working with people, you're going to have parts of your business that you can absolutely scale. Mm -hmm. We get people that say, but it's all one-on-one. -on -one. It's mm -hmm. all individualized. And I, we challenge people mm -hmm. to look at it because there are parts that you can absolutely scale mm -hmm. when you're doing the same thing over with and over. every single client. Mm -hmm. That's something that you can systematize. And again, it that we've been talking about this over and over again. It's all about mindset shift. Mm -hmm. I think we get these stories in our head. We get these things that we think is reality. And, you know, your perception is your reality. Yeah. But it's a matter of taking a step back and saying, what can I scale? What can I leverage? And well, getting those resources. And most of the time, and I have found this with any entrepreneur that starts doing something because they're good at something, you don't recognize what your system is because you naturally do it. But there is value in someone else having a system to do that, mm -hmm. uh, and so the and the challenge there is usually you can't identify that, you know. And it wasn't until I trained my first salesperson that I really like got really comfortable with that idea because it was like, yeah, you know, it's marketing. You just go in and you sell. And she goes, she finally was like, no, I need to go on a meeting with you. And sure enough, in that first meeting, we sit down and we go through stuff. She goes, do you know what you did in that meeting? I'm like, yeah, I talked <laughs> to the client and I asked questions and then I, you know, I, she goes, you had a whole system down there that you've never once mentioned to me. You just said, go forth and sell. And she goes, the amount of information that you gave during that, that meeting is tremendous. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's funny because we do when we are, when we've been doing something for so long mm -hmm. and we get comfortable and good at it, mm -hmm. we don't even realize that we're doing Not when I'm all. training new managing directors, yep. I'm talking about stuff and they say, wait a minute, back up. Like, what did you just do? Yeah. And it's like, well, I didn't do anything. Well, you do it, but you you do it so unconsciously mm -hmm. that it's just second nature. And it's a matter of just taking a step back and saying, wait a minute, there's a system and a process to it. And it's important to, to track those things and put them down because we can use that to teach others and expand who we can reach. Absolutely. And I will say that the other danger with that is it is a very quick hop, step and a jump in your mind from, well, if this is easy and natural to me, then who's really going to pay for it? Therefore, I cannot give it away for free. And the only way that you market and communicate a business is by giving some milk away for free. And so when you're in a knowledge-based field or a service-based field, it can get really challenging in terms of you're like, wow, if I give these away, then nobody's going to hire me to do them. And when I wrap my head around, uh, people don't hire me for information. They hire me for implementation. Mm. And the more I can grasp that, then I can give away a lot of information up front. And then I can say the same thing after I, they have hired me, but within the context of this is how you do it. Mm -hmm. And instantly they're going to have a different value point for it. And so for me, because I was really good at getting information and figuring out how to implement it, uh, to this day, I'll still like sit down to write something and I'll be like, well, I can't do that because that's, that's what they're going to buy me. That's what they're hiring me to do. I can't talk about that. And I, I've now recognized that kind of mindset and like, 
having to overcome that because yes, you have to have those boundaries and those lines. And Mm -hmm. I, I tend to be very aware of where those come customized, but in general, there's still value in things that you feel are really natural and easy to implement if you can explain it to others. No, absolutely. And I love that where you're talking about the implementation because that really is the key. This has been a fascinating conversation. How can our listeners learn more about you and your business? Absolutely. So they can check out our website, empowered-lab.com. We just have a brand new website. We also have a podcast. Uh, It's called The Elements Podcast, so you can check us out on iTunes. Feel free to check us out on any social media. And if you really want to get hold of me, feel free to send me an email, Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-I-N, at empowered-lab.com. Love to talk to you. I also do speaking engagements across the country, so make sure to check those out. Thank you, Kristen. And we'll put a link to your website on with today's interview on our Turn Knowledge to Profit website. And as we end up our conversation, I'd love to have you give our listeners just one piece of advice that they can use to help them scale their business. Hmm. Well, lots of things that come to mind with that. I think uh, my theme for today is flexibility. And I think that the more you can be flexible in listening and don't get attached to the way it needs to look, uh, focus on the next 90 feet. You know, what do I need to get for the next 90 feet and no long term you're headed in the right direction and be flexible in the way that looks. I think that that's that's really the key to anybody, because the minute you get attached to the way it looks, you're dead in the water. Entrepreneurship's about failing small be able to adjust, be flexible, and move forward. That's great advice. Thank you. Thank you for your time today. Thank you very much. You guys have a great day. We need to take another quick break. And when we come back, it's our business builder. Stay tuned. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. Are you ready to step into all of your greatness, to release the confidence that lies within, to stop playing small and settling for mediocrity? If so, then you need to join us at our eWomen Network International Conference and Business Expo in Dallas this year on August 4th through the 7th. There will be hundreds of women entrepreneurs from all over the world waiting to meet you to share knowledge, wisdom, and even partnerships. Our world-renowned speakers will teach, inspire, and motivate you to greater heights. Plus, the food, the fun, and entertainment at the best party in town will rock all of your senses. Look, no one makes it alone. So it's time to stop trying to be the COE, the chief of everything, and step into your role as CEO. The eWomen Network Conference is the perfect place to make that happen. Register at eWomenNetwork.com. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you.
You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Michael McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm here with Janelle, and in our Business Builder segment today, we're going to be talking about how to create a six-figure income. I'm really excited about today's Business Builder because this is a topic that a lot of speakers, authors, and coaches are asking about, and I can't wait to hear what you've got to share, Michael. Yeah, it is a really interesting topic. And, you know, what's happened is that the sort of the six-figure income has kind of been the become the benchmark for successful business. And, um, you know, but interestingly, uh, there was a recent study that found professional coaches make on average just over $42,000 a year. So that's a pretty far cry from that six-figure $100,000 mark. Why do you think that... So many people are looking for the hundred thousand. If they're only making forty-two thousand, that's a big gap. What can they do? Well, it is a huge gap, you know. And um, I think a lot of it is because when coaches start their business, they're typically charging by the hour. There's typically a one-on-one coaching, uh, hourly coaching, and you know you can do the math. Let's just you know some simple math. Um, let's assume you're charging $150 an hour, which for some of those, uh, some of the folks listening may seem like a stretch, but let's assume, <clears throat> let's assume it's $150 an hour and that a, th- a third of your hours are billable. Now, and, and that may be a stretch as well because that's about 50 billable hours per month. That's quite a bit. Um, and if you do that all year long, the total revenue will be $99,900, so just under the $100,000 mark. So, so even with those very aggressive numbers, um, it's still difficult to get to 100000 And so you really only have a couple of choices if you're following that model. You can either raise your hourly rate or you can bill more hours. Um, neither one of those is really a, a good alternative. Um, so... So really, what can you do? Well, if you look at the really successful coaches, uh, coaches like Lisa Sasevich or Bob Proctor or uh, Louise Hay or John Asroff or even a Tony Robbins, or even if you look at eWomen Network's Sandra Yancey, they typically don't coach by the hour. Now, they may have an hourly rate that they coach, uh, in select situations, but that's really not their bread and butter. That's not where they make their money. What they do is they leverage themselves and their knowledge through products. Um, they, they lead workshops. They have mastermind groups. They hold live events. They conduct online courses. They do all sorts of things beyond that one-on-one coaching model. And each of them will have their particular mix of those products. Um, They're not all exactly the same. Part of it depends on what really gets them going, what really they're passionate about. Are they passionate about doing small group coaching? Are they more passionate about speaking from the stage? Um, Are they more passionate about doing masterminds where they go really deep with clients? Uh, It really just depends on them. But if you look at each of those people or really any successful coach, what you'll find is they have a whole series of products that they can can rely on. Um, So if you look even at like a Tony Robbins, for example, you can buy his message uh, in live events. You can buy it on CD. You can download it 
uh, from his site. Uh, you can do masterminds with him. There's just a whole series of things you can do with him um, and, and get access to him. Well, I think it's really important. You mentioned a couple of things. One of them is finding out what you're really passionate about. Because I know you and I have had a number of conversations with successful coaches, authors, and speakers recently, and they all talk about that passion, finding out what they really love doing, because that's where you really want to stay in your genius zone, as in your expertise, versus trying to do everything. And while you want to have that financial model to get to where you want to go, it's got to be and include the things that you love doing. Because if you're only doing things and giving up what you're really passionate about, you tend to lose that excitement and energy. So I think one of the first things is figuring out what you love doing and then look at what are some of the gaps? What are some of the areas that you might be able to fill in? And I love what you do, Michael, when you're working with people is really looking at ways that they can leverage their products, repurpose them, and use something they've got and build on it so very quickly they can start to get revenue and increase their product breadth. You know, I was listening to an um, a interview uh, with Steve Jobs, uh, obviously done a few years ago, but um, he had something really great to say along that same line, Janelle, and that was uh, somebody asked him about... Um, uh, about how he decided what he was going to do. And he said it was all about passion. And uh, his reasoning was something like, you know, um, being an entrepreneur is really, really hard. And there's really long hours and there's really hard work and there's a lot of disappointment. And if you're not passionate about what you're doing, you'll give up. And it was his view that a lot of the entrepreneurs that gave up before they were successful, they gave up because they were doing something they just weren't passionate about. And so they didn't persevere. They didn't keep going. They didn't do the hard work. They didn't fight through the disappointment. And so I think you're absolutely right. It's all about what you're passionate about. Um, you know, a few years ago, you and I, we were in a mastermind and, and we, we learned so much in that mastermind. But one of the things that we learned was that the model for generating revenue that the coach that was leading the mastermind taught was speaking from the stage. And as we got more into it, we realized that it, that just wasn't where our passion was. Nothing wrong with the model. It was a great model. It worked fantastic for her, worked for a number of the people that were in the mastermind. But for us personally, it just wasn't the model we wanted to follow. Now we still got lots and lots of great information. We got lots of, we learned a lot. We met lots of great people. We really moved our business ahead a long ways by being part of that mastermind. But um, we found out that that just wasn't our passion. Um, and I think that's an important part of it as well. An important part of building the six-figure income is really trying a lot of different things and seeing what you like. No, I agree with that. And it's also about understanding that you don't have to have everything in your funnel. You don't have to have all of the offerings. You can really pick what works for you and really customize it. That's the beauty of doing this. Right. And, and it's, 
you know, as you build that out, it's really all based on the same information. It's based on the same message that you have. Again, if you go back to like a Tony Robbins, who's, who's well known in the industry, if you look at all his different products, they all teach the same core message. Whether you're at his events live, you're doing it on CD, you're downloading it, you're going to his group seminars, you're going to his masterminds. It's all based on the same message, his core message. It's just delivered in different ways to different people because some people resonate with it in different ways. Some people love to go to live events. Some people don't. Others like to learn it on their own time and when in their own home, others don't. So what he's done, which is just really genius, is he's taken his knowledge, he's packaged that up in a number of different ways for different audiences and, and really grown a business around that same message. So how do successful coaches grow their business and expand their products? Well, that's a great question. You know, first, I really believe you have to have a plan. You have to have goals. Um, you really have to know where you're going and, and how you're going to get there. Um, not to say that that won't change over time, but at least you have to have some kind of plan in place. So what we do is when we work with coaches, speakers, and authors is we help them create that strategic plan. We, we call it a product roadmap for their business. So they really can see what are they passionate about, what are their clients asking for, and what are their clients need, and what products do they already have that might fill those needs, and where are the holes. So once they have that strategy in place, then they really need to look at you know, what are the fastest, least expensive ways that they can get to a full range of products and services? And again, it really is about leveraging and repackaging that same message that's at the core of whatever your business is. Um, it, it may be taking that uh, live training that you do and packaging that same training up as a multi-part uh, webinar. It may be taking that same training and then repackaging it as a mastermind or multi-day retreat. It may be taking that same message and then packaging it again into a small group uh, training session. So, you know, really it's about what, where do you want to go and, and then how are you going to get there by leveraging the message that you have. And once you start to leverage that message out, you you also leverage out through a much, much bigger audience and much, much bigger revenues. Well, you've given us a lot of great ideas to think about today. And I challenge all of our listeners to really look at where they are with their product strategy. Do they have a full range of products? Are there some areas that they'd like to add some products in? And if you go to Facebook, to our Turn Knowledge to Profit page, let us know what's the next product you're gonna be working on and let us know what products you have so we can go and check them out. I also really wanna invite anyone who's interested in learning more to email Michael at TK the number 2p.com, tk2p.com. He'll offer us a complimentary strategy session just so you can learn about what are some of your options. 
But go to Facebook, turn knowledge to profit, share what your products are, and have fun creating. You know, this has really been a great conversation. I want to thank all of you for joining us today on Turn Knowledge to Profit. Again, I want to remind you to visit our Turn Knowledge to Profit page on Facebook and share your questions, your insights, and your ahas. And also share one action you're going to take in the next week to turn your knowledge into profit. If you have an idea for our future show, be sure to email me at michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk2p.com. Have a wonderful and profitable week. Turn knowledge to profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream about. Join us each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the EWN Radio Network. To download this week's show, listen to past shows, or learn how to be a guest on the show, visit TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com. Past shows are also available at EWNRadioNetwork.com and through iTunes and Stitcher. Until next time, remember, great companies are built around great products. Leverage your knowledge to live the life of your dreams. Let's continue the conversation and turn your knowledge into profits.